Hi and welcome to Nard Knows. I'm your host, Lenard Davis Jr. And this is a show where I'll be breaking down more than just stats. Sports is the best pastime in the world right now, but for some of us, it's the only thing that makes sense in the world right now. In today's show, I'll be breaking down the most notable headlines, not to mention a special moment in team sports history, and I'll be giving kudos to one of the most monumental figures in sports. You'll be surprised who I chose. With our first segment, what's happening in the NFL? With training camps underway, the 2021 NFL Draft gave us some of the most dynamic college teammates, reunions, who I feel is gonna rekindle some flames. Starting with Tua Tagovailoa rejoining with Jalen Waddle. The Miami Dolphins took Jalen Waddle in the top, as a top 10 draft pick, and I think he's probably one of the most fastest players in this draft. But the most intriguing thing about Jalen Waddle was that he was asked prior to him getting drafted, it, who did he prefer between Tua Tagovailoa and Mac Jones? Coincidentally enough, he said Mac Jones, but he got drafted and rejoined with Tua. I don't know how that reunion went when they saw each other in the locker room. Honestly, who knows? You know, they're millionaires now. They probably got those are small guy problems at this point. But take a look at Tua Tagovailoa's reaction when he saw on Facebook Live, on his Facebook Live, his reaction when Jalen Waddle was selected. <laughs> J Dub. Yes, sir. <laughs> Together, Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Waddle had 78 receptions and over 1,400 yards and 13 touchdowns. It's only a matter of time before those guys show if they were worth the pick. Two is kind of under the radar right now, and I think Jalen Waddle, after being somewhat of an injury-prone label player, has a lot to prove. So we'll see what these guys got to offer. Will there be drama in the locker room? Who knows? But they got to get together for Miami Dolphins to be able to be successful this season and hopefully win a Super Bowl somewhere down the line. Moving forward with some more Alabama reunions, we got Jalen Hurts rejoining with Devonta Smith, who went number 10 overall in the NFL draft. And I think this is a pretty good draft pick because Jalen Hurts have already gotten his feet wet in the NFL. And with Devonta Smith coming in, the dude is humble and he's hungry. And that's a great combination for a guy coming in in a new system, but he has a quarterback that he's familiar with. Check these highlights out. Like these guys really know how to get down and they know how to get these points to make their team win. And here they are in practice, you know, getting, you know, some high quality reps in. So it's on to be, de to be determined, you know, it really is to be determined on how these guys pan out. But, you know, these are some connections that I think are most intriguing uh, based on the selections in this year's draft. And now to my next segment, and I took that personally featuring Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold. Now, Zach Wilson, former BYU quarterback, and now Sam Darnold is in Carolina. And I think that one of the most intriguing things about this is that they face off week one in Carolina. Now, Carolina has the, a better team. They have a better core on defense, and they're more equipped to, for a playoff push where the Jets are kind of in that, you know, rebuilding yet, you know, they're in that stage where you kind of don't know what they are. They're still trying to figure it out. However, I'm looking forward to this matchup and I'm highlighting this matchup simply because it's a revenge game for Sam Darnold. Take a listen of what both quarterbacks have to say about their new 
teams and where they think they're headed so far? Yeah, I'd say just timing uh, the NFL game, you know, understanding what holes you can throw things into, uh, how quickly guys can break on things, uh, just the timing with your footwork. And I think that comes with just understanding the offense. I look back in college and, you know, you're, you're running the same offense for three years. And so, you know, it like the back of your hand and, and then out here, you know, you're always just a step slow at first. And it's just how fast can I get through my progressions? I think just getting, you know, the feel of the offense, you know, in terms of the progressions and, um, you know, just seeing the field and where I'm going to go with the ball on certain coverages, um, just getting the feel of it. Um, really, the base installs down. And um, I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm going to continue to work with it and um, can you continue to uh, progress like that. My final prediction, 31-16 Carolina, and Sam Darnold gets that sweet, sweet revenge against his old team, Sam Darnold revenge complete. Next up, who did and who didn't? Breaking down the most notable offseason for particular teams who actually did a good job and who didn't. Starting with who did, the New England Patriots went and signed John o. Smith and Hunter Henry and I, they, did, they made a lot of signings, but I point these two guys out simply because Cam Newton plays well when he has a reliable tight end. And now he has two. Job well done by Bill Belichick in the offseason. Second on the list, I have Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys at that. Dak is back. I, I mean, we all know that that team was stacked and Andy Dalton didn't really do a great job. You know, he... I thought he was going to do better, but I mean, here now, you know, the Chicago Bears have given him a new job, but I digress. Dak getting his contract is probably the best thing that can happen for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's hope that he can stay upright and that offensive line can do right by him and make sure that he don't have to scramble as much as he had to prior in the past. Third on the list, I have the New York Giants. Saquon is back. That's all I have to say for those guys. New weapons, of course, is going to help with Kenny Galladay coming from the Detroit Lions, as well as their first overall pick, Kadarius Toney, coming from Florida, two bona fide wide receivers who are going to give Daniel Jones a reason to look down the field. Also on defense, one featured cornerback, Adoree Jackson, from the Tennessee Titans, is joining with Mr. Bradbury, who is a quiet but deadly player, locking down receivers, and now he has Adoree to back him up in the backfield. Uh, the secondary that is. Fourth on the list, I have the LA Rams. Stafford, Stafford, Stafford. Stafford steps up and on the move. I know what he's all about, and he's going to thrive in that offense under Sean McVay. With all those weapons, with that defense, he finally has a defense, and for so long, the Lions, you know, they really tried to put some pieces together and, you know, different types of formulas and coaches, but we just couldn't get it together. But Matthew Stafford got his freedom papers, and he's going to thrive, and I can't wait to see it. I, I'm actually going to get a jersey. <laughs> Fifth on the list, we have the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, and they had a great draft going to beef up that secondary even more by going to get Greg Newsom from Northwestern. And then they also went and got Jeremiah Owusu-Kuramura, linebacker from Notre Dame, who I felt should have went in the top 15. They had a great free agency haul going to get John Johnson, safety from the Rams, and then also to Javion Clowney, who is going to be paired up with Miles Garrett. I mean, this is not, it's not going to be fair for him. And not to mention, Odell is back. So with that ACL injury healing up, and from the videos that I've seen, the dude is ready to ball out. Now, the not so much section. Who didn't? 
Let's go back to the New York Jets. Yeah, they went and got a, a quarterback for the future, but they don't have a running game identity. Who's going to step up? And then, like I mentioned previously, on defense, I mean, they, they got a nice D-line. They have a decent linebacker core, but that secondary worries me. I checked out their roster recently, and none of their cornerbacks really stand out. Who's going to lock down, you know, those receivers that are more than likely going to be top fantasy options, who they may, who are, who they may face in this season? Moving forward, the Denver Broncos, okay, the team overall, from hindsight, they're they're ready to compete. They have wide receivers. They have a, you know a couple running backs. You know they have you know Von Miller, but they don't have a quarterback. And with Drew Locke and, and Teddy Bridgewater fighting for that starting position, I I don't we don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. They're still trying to figure themselves out in the league, and that smells like bad business for the Denver Broncos. Moving forward with the, the Houston Texans. This is all I got to say. And with the number one pick the, in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select anybody. Because without this man right here, Deshaun Jackson, they are just a below par team. And here are some of the facts. They have Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay, yeah, but they lost McKinney, they lost J.J. Watt, and they gained Shaq Lawson. Yeah, he had a good season prior with his previous team, but he's no J.J. Watt. And on top of that, let's just call it how it is. I believe Deshaun Watson was blackballed. Next subject. Moving forward, the Atlanta Falcons. No Julio, enough said. Listen, Julio's on the Tennessee Titans now, and yeah, Calvin Ridley is going to probably put up some great numbers, proving that he will, but Kyle Pitts isn't going to replace that production that Julio put up and his presence on the field he has to earn that he's a rookie I don't I don't he did well at Florida but listen I don't really fall for the hype it's only a matter of time before we figure out was this a good decision to let Julio go and finally the Packers the pack the the, the Green Bay Packers are having a beef with Aaron Rodgers and when you really look at it Aaron Rodgers for Jordan Love mm, downgrade team overall they went to the playoffs. They were very close to the Super Bowl, but without Aaron Rodgers, eh, I don't know. Downgrade, 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 downgrade. Now, moving from football to basketball, NBA, latest playoffs. What's happening in the NBA playoffs? Listen, the Suns versus the Bucks is shocked everybody. You know, honestly, I feel like the Jazz should have been there, but here we are talking about the Suns versus the Bucks. Who would have thought? I mean, CP3's legacy is dependent upon him getting this ring because he has all the accolades to be inducted to the Hall of Fame, but it's only a matter of time before we know if he's going to get this ring or not. It's, it, it, it's important for him to get this ring. It's imperative for his career so he can be up there with the greats such as LeBron's and the Steph Curry's because we know he's just as good as those players and he contributes. And every team that he goes on, every team that he, he, he gets traded to, he makes them better. And that's what sports is all about. That's what team sports is all about, especially when you play the point guard position. And Giannis, he's just getting started. You know, we can talk about, you know, what he could or couldn't do or, you know, his shooting and things like that. But the dude is, is, is putting up points and he got his team to the NBA finals. So to be determined, I mean, later on in the next episode, we should have a final um, 
result on who won. But right now, I think this is a pretty good matchup between the Suns and the Bucks. And, you know, right now, it's looking like anybody's game. Now, more NBA storylines heading into the offseason once the NBA playoffs is concluded. LeBron is changing his number from 23 to, 20 to 6. And we all know that he wore it for four seasons for Miami. But according to, a, a, according to the Athletic, a league source, uh, he purposely changed this number in a timely fashion right before the release of Space Jam 2. Um, and he's wearing that number in the movie. I'm not going to be a spoiler or anything, but go check it out. Uh, but this is something that I think you know, most athletes are doing right now, um, kind of following in that numbers, footsteps. And it's funny how he's trying to wear two numbers where Kobe is known for wearing two numbers, wearing 24 and eight. Um, you know, rest in peace, Kobe. But um, LeBron, he has his own legacy, but it's hard not to compare or even put those two players in, in the same category or the same conversation when it comes to him wanting to change his number to number six, especially that he won the ring already in LA. Also, one of the most intriguing things that I think it, heading to the offseason is the NBA draft. And the Detroit Pistons got the number one overall pick in the lottery. And this is something that I'm pretty excited about because their previous draft, they went and got some very good players. And now they're trying to go ahead and, and piggyback off of that and add hopefully the the not just the best player in the draft but the right player for the team and with their past draft I got high hopes for these guys uh, a player that I'm hearing a lot about is Kay Cunningham he's a uh, he can play a guard he can play three you know he's he, he's not physical enough to play the four or five but um, he's definitely the number one overall projected player right now in most mock drafts and what most experts say the dude averaged about 20 points, six rebounds, almost 50% from field goal uh, range. And I mean, I didn't get a chance to see a lot of OK State's uh, basketball games, but um, they definitely had a great push in, in the Sweet 16. And it's a, it, we, I, I honestly believe that if he is the right pick, then the Detroit Pistons should make that pick. Some of the other players that I have heard some rumblings are worth the number one overall pick are USC's Evan Mobley, uh, Gonzaga's Jalen Suggs, a couple of G League uh, stars, Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga. So, I mean, they got options. I just hope they pick the right player and that he goes in and contribute with the rest of the team and that they don't, they don't trade it away. They need to make the right pick. Don't trade it unless you get Steph Curry. Now moving forward to a segment that I like to call Mamba Moment. Now, this is a segment where I'll be giving the, a special tribute to someone who not only helped their team succeed, but they overcame an obstacle. And with this, with this episode, I'm dedicating the Mamba Moment to New York Yankees pitcher Garrett Cole, who threw 129 pitches against, Houston, against the Houston Astros last Saturday, most this season. Listen, he, he battled an unsuspected illness prior to the game. Hooked up, he was hooked up to an IV, and general manager Aaron Boone didn't even know if he would even play. Here's the most intriguing thing. Cole was on fire throughout their entire game, and when the GM tried to pull him from the game, he literally, like, cussed out his GM, and he was literally like, you're not taking me out. And that's the type of respect that 
mom, the great mama would, would appreciate. And the, the New York Yankees won 1-0, co-deserving of his mamba moment. Now, of course, with this being the first episode of my show, I have to do a special tribute in history. And on this day in sports, 7:15 to be exact, the Detroit Pistons beat the LA Lakers 100 to 87 in game five to complete one of the biggest upsets in NBA history. MVP, of course, was Chauncey Billups. And listen, that Lakers team did not suspect the, the Pistons. The Pistons were really good, you know, in the early 2000s. And I remember, you know, I was about 14 years old when those guys were really giving the, the, the Lakers a run for their money. And that roster was stacked. They had a, a young Kobe, a young Shaq, Gary Payton, Rick Fox, Vlade Divac, Lamar Oden, Derek Fisher, Karl Malone. You know what I'm saying? They had a record. They had a 56 and 26 record, which was pretty good, back, especially back in those times. Like, and the Pistons, they dominated. You know, they they were a complete team. You know, they definitely played like brothers, and it showed on the court. And I would just remember, you know, the Pistons winning, and they, the city loved it. I, I I'll never forget where as soon as the the clock hit zero. In game five, and the Pistons won. I was 14 years old, I'll never forget it. And then my entire neighborhood just went outside. It was late at night, too. And they went outside and was yelling, Detroit basketball. It was like the best time ever, you know? So I had to do a tribute on this day in history. The Detroit Pistons beat the LA Lakers. Sorry, Lakers fans. But I mean, you guys just run a ring. But on this day in history, we gave y'all that L. Speaking of champions, what a time to be alive in Tampa Bay, Florida, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers recently won this year's Super Bowl, led by Tom Brady, Gronk, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, and that defense stacked with so many talent, whether they were a rookie or they were a veteran, those guys played like they were one union. And Tom, he, he's proved that the Patriot way isn't the only way. And, and you have to give kudos. The dude has seven rings. Like, I don't know how much longer he's going to play, but the dude is as soon as he retired and he signs his name on that, that contract to retire as a Patriot, as he should, the next day they're going to eventually send him <laughs> to Canton so he can sign that whatever they sign to initiate him to the Hall of Fame. There's no waiting for this man. And then also in Tampa, the Tampa Bay Lightning in the NHL won their second straight Stanley Cup. Now, wherever Tom Brady goes, it seems like that town, that town seems to, to, to thrive because the Lightning won their second straight cup against Montreal Canadiens, and they won 1-0. And listen, the NHL is very, very popular, especially in towns such as Tampa where everyone is expecting a, a championship or a playoff push. So shout out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Tampa Bay Lightning going and making their, their citizens, their fans, and their coaches and their families proud by making all that hard work pay off. Now, speaking of hard work, there's some people who may not be good at sports but are good at fantasy. And I'm good at sports and fantasy. So 
I love me some fantasy football. With fantasy drafts around the corner, I know who will be key to winning no matter what, despite what some other experts may say. Here are my top quarterback, you gotta have them list. First, of course, Pat Mahomes. Second, Kyler Murray. Third, Dak Prescott. Fourth, Russell Wilson. And five, Lamar Jackson. With these five guys in your starting lineup, for sure these guys are gonna keep you in the game no matter who or who is not giving you the points that was projected. Also, don't sleep on Matthew Stafford, Daniel Jones, and Cam Newton. All these guys have a, a great coaching staff and a great supporting, uh, staff, uh, uh, supporting cast around them to succeed. And I'm looking forward to it. And any one of these guys, I'm going to draft if I have to. I'm definitely looking forward to drafting Matthew Stafford. Finally, my last segment of today's episode, Before the Lights Go Out, where I'll give flowers before their final hours. I would like to dedicate this episode to LeVar Ball, who has been outstanding as far as being a businessman, being a father, being a husband. Starting off with Lamalo Ball, he's a stud. 2021 Rookie of the Year, got hurt midseason and still beat out Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves for the Rookie of the Year. Not to mention Lonzo Ball is a household name and Leandro Ball is going through his trials and tribulations, but the dude is still well off. Like, and there's some rumors that he'll be joining Melo in Charlotte. The BBB brand went through some public backlash, but clearly it's stronger than ever. And we, I have to give the most important kudos where his wife, who has been going through health problems, he's provided all the care that she needs for her recovery, and she's been doing better than ever. And he's, he's all these things and then some for his family. He's a Hall of Fame husband, a Hall of Fame father, and a Hall of Fame businessman. So shout out to LeVar Ball for being a Hall of Fame husband, father, and businessman, showing the world no matter what they say about you, no matter how much hate comes your way, as long as your family has your back, there's nothing that you can't accomplish. So that concludes my first episode of Nard Knows. I hope you enjoyed it because I definitely did, and I hope I see you at the next one. Peace.